might have seen over the years, it doesn't happen quite so much, but um, churches have always done quite a line, and um, actually I need a couple, I've got it here, done quite a line and uh, having corny signs outside their church doors. Uh, I don't know whether you like them or not. For me, I would kind of rather not have them open, uh, um, uh, most of the time. Um, often they're sort of uh, uh, cliches and, and puns that don't really work. But one of the ones that I actually have quite liked over the years, because I think it's, it said something to me that has made something of a difference in my life, was this idea of knowing God and knowing peace. I, I sort of like the second half of this one a little bit better. But this no God, no peace. If you don't have God, you don't have peace. Maybe that stands up, I don't know. But this idea of knowing what it came, knowing God, and that being the access and the source of peace, I, something in that resonates with me. I chose the worst example if I could in terms of a, in terms of the signs, you know, sliding along and those things. I love that um, red exclamation mark at the end. I'm not sure that that, that really helped along the way, but, but, but those church signs are often really bad. But I actually quite like uh, some of the sentiment that goes around there as we go into a, into a, a message that's on peace. Of course, you're trolling the internet on these things, and I came up with some things that I don't like so much. I hope you don't really like these either, because because otherwise we can't talk to each other. Um, but here's another one: Don't let worries kill you. Let the church help. Innocent Christians don't understand it. So um, I like this one: God answers an email. Is that, is that the most fun you ever do? Um, maybe you've used, sorry if you've used that, sorry if that's some of your go-to one, but it doesn't actually go very well at all. Um, oh, 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 tired of being a loser? Turn to God. That's pretty good. Next week, guys, we're talking about joy. If you want to stop being a loser, you need to come back and hear us talk about joy. That would be good. I think through this one. This is a good idea. Looking for a life out. That's a pretty cool one. I'll skip that one again. And this is my ultimate favorite. Welcome to the River of Tampa Bay Church, right of admission reserve. This is private property. Please know this is not a gun-free zone. We are heavily armed. Any attempt of the government with deadly force, yes, we are a church, and we will protect our people. Sure. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm not one of those on Forest Hill Road. So I don't want to be heavily armed. So we have to, we have to work with those so in comparison with some of those things, no God, no peace, and no God, no peace, to the, I don't know, it comes out pretty well. So today, as a church, we're beginning, or we're continuing our Advent journey by looking at this whole thing of um, peace. Following our hope message last week, which you can find on our website if you weren't here, and, and leading on to, to joy and love in, in the weeks to come. Um, so we've called our Advent, our lead-up to Christmas series, The Inbreaking Kingdom, and our thesis, our basis for doing it is that hope and peace and joy and love, they broke in as part of God's kingdom arrival, as Jesus came, as kingdom arrival. And as a result, in and through Christ, we get to experience and know these things through Jesus. We get to um, grow in them and learn in them. C.S. Lewis said, the central miracle asserted by Christians is the incarnation. Uh, um, sorry, I, I missed a bit there. They say that God became human. So the incarnation is this, this contention of Christians that God became human. And then he goes on, he says, every other miracle prepares the way for this or results from this. So when we talk about peace or we talk about love or talk about whatever, 
we're always revolving this thing around the incarnation, the fact that Jesus arrived and that he is God and that he was God and he will be God. And so this season, through songs and, and carols and candles and celebration, we're walking towards Christmas. We're walking towards this um, arrival, if you like, with a confident expectation of the inbreaking kingdom of God coming among us in the form. So when we pray before, it's not just sort of a fancy prayer for peace. It's, a, it's an expectation of Jesus who is peace coming into our midst, or who is hope, or who is joy, or who is love. And I love Isaiah 26.3, which says, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. And, and it's an invitation to a walk of peace, and a journey of peace, and a walking through this process to discover peace. I love the idea of that we can have something called perfect peace, and that the Christmas story announces the arrival of perfect peace in the world and through the birth of Jesus. So I just think that's something that we can grab. Indeed it is. If we could know God, we could know peace. If we could know God, we could know peace. Um, uh, another corny phrase that I quite like is let go and let God. Um, it's sort of, it, it sounds pretty bad, but it, but it actually is really true. Um, I'm a bit of a sucker for wise men still seeking. But, you know, some of these things have little twists and hints and, and stuff, so I don't want to knock all of those things along the way. But, but what a truth. <coughs> we could know God, we could know peace. So let's explore that a little. One of the things we're doing um, over these services is reading the Christmas story. Last week we read the story of um, Elizabeth and Mary. And so this week we're going to read from Luke chapter 2. So grab your Bibles, open your Bibles, and uh, if you don't have Bibles, you'll be familiar probably with the story as we go. But have a read of it or have a listen to it as we read it out. And in the same, uh, from verse 8 to verse 20, I'm going to be reading. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddled cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the uh, angel, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, Peace to those on whom his favor rests. And then it goes on. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they heard and said, as it had been told to them. What a story. What a, what a make your heart jump story of God arriving into the world. It's just beautiful, it's magnificent, and it's worth pondering. And I love this thought of glory to God on the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. What a blessing. Peace to you on whom his favor rests. Peace to you on whom his favor rests. Peace to you on whom his favor rests. Peace to you.
flavor of peace was wonderful news, of course, for the shepherds because they were a particularly unfavored group, unfavorable. And this seemed to be a dramatic change in the, in the established order that was occurring there. The object of favor had changed, or maybe it had just been extended and expanded. We begin to realize what an amazing thing because the source of peace has arrived which seems appropriate considering one of the great prophecies, one of the most memorable and engaging prophecies of Jesus' arrival is the famous Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us the son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And it goes on, the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And I think in the context that we lose for today's message, I think this is a message for, for our hearts rather than for government or for world peace. It's for something of the, of the increase of this government, there will be no end. Of the increase of the peace of God moving into our lives and growing into our lives, there will be no end. So where do we find this peace? Well, I mean, the Bible is, is pretty, um, I, don't, I don't know, pretty expansive when it talks about peace. It says it comes from God, it says it comes from Jesus. It says it comes from the Holy Spirit. It's a very Trinitarian thing, this peace, um, because there is this, this incredible provision of peace, the peace that God gives. So five times in the New Testament, God is called the God of peace. And perhaps the best and, and most well-known and all-encompassing scripture is um, from Philippians 4, 6, and 7, which says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and for the peace of God. Transcends all understanding and guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So peace is from God and peace comes through Christ. And then Jesus, or going back, Jesus talked about peace in um, John 14 when he was talking to his disciples. He says, All this I've spoken to you, um, uh, that the counselor, while, while still with you, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. And he goes on, I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. There seems to be a, there seems to be a correlation between the fears that we face as people and the peace that God gives. Remember the, the shepherds were told not to be afraid by the angel because the prince of peace has arrived. And, um, and Jesus is saying to us again, you know, hey, do not be afraid because peace is coming. I'm going to leave you with peace. And then there's one last thing I think that we need to know about peace and the source of peace is that it's not a thing of gift, it's also a fruit. So in Galatians um, chapter 5, 22, 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. Peace is something that we receive, we receive as a gift. But it's also something that we get to grow in, that we get to develop in, and that we get to take part in. And so I think, you know, kind of in terms of peace, we receive peace when we receive Jesus. When we know God, we are we, we know and we receive peace. But it's more than that too, because we pursue peace. It's like we, we deliberately walk into peace, and I think we can grow in peace as well. These are these are things of peace that we're going to find and discover. So there will definitely be times where we don't feel peace. And we can walk towards it, and we can grow in it, and we can know that we have received it through the incarnation, through God arriving, all of the miracles that we expect and feel in peace inside are based on the peace that God or the understanding of the incarnation. And Paul says, you know, not surprisingly, because it's so big, it's so huge, 
that this is a task of understanding. You know, it's a task of understanding. In the midst of a storm, it doesn't have peace. It's a task of understanding. But we know it's not that easy. If you can preach a sermon on it, but we have all known the gnawing, I don't know, of fear or, or lack of peace, whatever is the opposite of peace, where peace eludes us, where we're not quite sure where peace is going to come from. So let's name some of those things um, today. You know, kind of, uh, I don't know, financial worries. You know, I don't know whether you've ever experienced that. I think you probably all have. That, that, that erodes peace. What other things? You know, kind of that you found or, or, or that you know of. I mean, what other things are we kind of having to make peace with? Christmas shopping. Christmas shopping. What else? Sickness. You know, just a load of health and health maybe. Things we have like children out late at night. You better believe it, right? Unknown. Unknown. <laughs> <laughs> Conflicts in the workplace. Maybe we don't kind of have um, you know, worry about it. Families. All these things, don't they? They was it? Is that a man who exhibits all the qualities of plenty? I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. I was, I was on plane this week, and um, and and I was preparing preparing the message on the plane. And um, one of the things that that um, occurred to me as I was preparing this message that I often find my my uh, most fundamental lack of peace is when I'm flying. I'm a little bit of a nervous flyer. I don't know whether any of you guys are. I've, um, I have, uh, I've thought of every possible way to die in plane flight. I've thought of all the ones that you put down, and I've thought of a few before. I'll tell you something. Um, I've, um, I've certainly thought of terrorism. Uh, I don't know whether, whether you ever kind of think about that. You'll have to stand and go, I'll find a nice image. You know that I have to stand and go. Just so that you can be terrified of flying a little bit like me um, along the way. So I went through this phase of being a little bit superstitious that if the plane was really full, that I was more worried than if the plane wasn't really full. And my, and my logic for that was if there weren't as many people on board, that it would be easier for us to take off. So, you know, kind of because it was a bit lighter. So, you know, kind of that occurred to me. I had to work through that one. Um, when, when I did the, the longest flight in the world this year, which was from Auckland to Doha, um, 17 hours, and, and, and in my mind, I was going to make that fly this every day, but there's not enough petrol on the plane. That's if they have petrol on planes, money running, and then up the To fly 17 hours straight, I kind of thought about that. Um, you know when they, you know when they bank and, and um, sort of go up and they bank, or they come down and they bank. Um, I always lean the other way, sort of <laughs> trying to try and correct the plane. So I don't know whether it's like, what, 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 
us into whatever we said, our financial um, insecurities or our, our relational insecurities or our, you know, having our worries about our future and our worries about our health and our worries about our God. And he invites us as the Prince of Peace to be part of that process and to, and to deposit into the middle of that process and to grow in that process. And so for me, it's sort of a constant priority and constant priority the whole time. And it is something to work through. I think it's really helpful. So I thought about some keys to peace, and I think that could be helpful for us as we, as we, as we think about it. So I'm going to start off with something that sounds really funny, but that's peace about the plan. And that's know the pilot. And know the pilot is what they are having all that time, especially if you're a church inside of America. I wouldn't that be brilliant? Do you know the pilot? That would be just awesome. Know the pilot. So, flying. The safest I've ever felt, ever felt on was the first flight I ever took. I was 14 years old. And you're going to think, well, it's because he hasn't got front of the roads yet, it's because he's, um, because he's sort of young and rash and all of those sorts of things. And it's well, it's probably all those things. But it was for this reason. The plane was pinned on my brother. So my brother, I'm youngest of four boys, and my brother was uh, in the Air Force, and flew airfield, and flew around, and flew airfield. And he was still a trainee, but he was nine years older than me, so it would have been his 23. And what he was done in. And so we were living in Patera, and he came up from um, Christchurch and Wigram, and he said, do you want to go flying? I need to get up in the house and stuff like that. So we went to Wairarua and got in the Cessna, and the Cessna's in the stairs playing in a whole wide room, just playing in his four seat. He had an instructor with him, which didn't seem to really help him. And, and um, I was up, up in the back, and we just took off and landed, and took off and landed. It was probably the most dangerous flight I've ever had in my life, because he was a, he was a not, well, you know, probably a novice, but he was a big brother. Um, and so we did literally no wrong, and we did lots of takeoffs and landings, which I think are the most dangerous place to fly. And made that sort of thing. But I was in perfect peace because I knew the pilot. I knew that my brother could do no wrong. I knew that he was there for me and all of that. And so I sort of think knowing the pilot probably was really significant for us. You know, if we could believe in the sovereignty of God, if we could actually. 
crucified and slaughtered, and to really know him. If, if, if we could really believe that God can handle the universe, and so he can handle our problems, so if he is the creator, if we could really believe that he's sovereign, then we would believe that we've got nothing to fear, that we would know that we can't control our circumstances, and, and we can't control our future, but we do know the one who can control and who is in control of these things. That, I think knowing the title would be really helpful for us in our journey through. Another, perhaps, is a little like it, but um, to, for us to be secure in God's personal love for us. If you know that God personally loves you, that the answer has arrived, that first Christmas for you, not, not for me, but for us. And again, another prime um, example of that, Anthony Simon, I remember when he had his car, I said, but I, I remember I was in a queue of plane once at Auckland Airport, and I saw in, in front of me of the queue was a guy called Ian Grant. I was going to be on my flight. Ian Grant, for those who are a bit older, he was the National Director of Jesus Christ and Staff, part of what's now um, um, here at the Parenting Place. And, um, and I, I'm sort of at the back of the queue, or Ian, and he's ahead of me, and I'm thinking, oh, this plane's not going to crash because Ian Grant comes. So God would want to kill Ian Grant. Ian Grant actually was in the plane crash once, and he can fly, so he would go out for a reason. So, so that was kind of logical to me. So God could easily want to kill me, but well, He wouldn't want to kill Ian Grant. And then I flew with a lady once, or maybe on the same flight. So she said to me later, I was really popular on that flight because I knew God wasn't going to kill Rick Francis. And I was like, Oh my goodness, Rick Francis never felt like that. <laughs> and I thought, Wow, well, if we could just know and be secure in the personal love of God, how much He loves us, not how much He loves someone. Not how much he loves the most lovely good people, or the nice people, or the right people, or the extraordinary. And I think our peace would be, um, I don't know, would grow, would we'll be able to grow. Peace is a promise to us. Peace is a gift, surely. We have to grow in it, but we don't have to earn it. We are, we are given, we are deposited with it. God loves it. I think another thing for me in terms of peace is to, is to love the destination. And so I actually had to do quite a lot of flying because I had various responsibilities at the National Union in New Zealand and overseas and stuff like that. And so I you know, flying occasionally, I'd like to be flying to the ladies in the morning. You know, I'd rather not do it. I'm a bit of a homebody anyway and all that sort of thing. But, but I do it not so much because I, I love to fly to private places and do the tourist things, but I, I do it. But I do it because of the people and the sense of call and the, and, and the sense of being. You know, serving in this wonderful thing that is the church, that is the kingdom of God. And so when you can see the destination out there, you can go and ride over some of the things that, that make you struggle along the way. And for me, that's a really helpful thing. And so I willingly exchange some anxiety um, for the places that I get to go and the people that I get to be with and the, and the, and the sense of fulfilling something of the call of God on my life. And we have a destination, and we have security, and we have a right place to put up. And this is the peace of God taking us towards those things. I think, though, you know, we always know that it's tough. You know, we need to know that it's okay when it's not okay. I mean, it, it, it's, it's stretching the time a little bit. But, you know, you do have flights that are really, really tough. And Kelvin's been on a flight where the engines are right. You know, he's all emergency right now. And I've, I've never been on that. And then you do have flights. That you know, kind of out of reach and difficult. You do have flights where you're strapped in most of the time. And you have periods of your life, don't you, where you're strapped in most of the time and you're not comfortably quiet. 
even more because even now uh, there is a gift. This is we have available pride and compassion in these things. And so we grow and we look to it. But we need to know that even when it comes, we will find a job that comes. We'll often have times in our lives where we can struggle with some of these things. But we need to know that God is with us. So it's okay. As we do today in the month of May, you know, I'm not okay and I don't feel this is okay. God is with you still, even though you may be struggling with these things. And God will continue to be with you as you work through and draw this back beyond this that you don't experience at some stage. And may you have better and I think finally it's it's helpful to learn some techniques and we'll work for you. I think sometimes we think, well, we just you know, you just have to trust in God. But sometimes it just doesn't seem to work. I'm sure I'm clearly aware that in practice I can go to God. And so I'm I'm all for you know sort of you know getting the God down to the support that we can get, you know, in these modern days, whether it's from you know therapists or counselors and um, you know sort of supervisors and mentors and spiritual Walk with us through those times, not only necessarily rough times, but, but also good times as well. I don't think that's a problem at all. Um, you know, sort of uh, people have panic attacks, those sorts of things. You know, they're not breathing exercise, it's not the be all and end all, I'm sure, but they, you know, to learn those things and to operate in those things is not a bad thing for us to do. Um, you know, there is a, there are Christian meditations that we can do. There is a um, uh, in terms of making decisions, so one of the some of the best advice that I've ever heard is, is you know, to look for the deep truth. So sometimes we have sort of um, you know, kind of a, if you like a shallow piece and a deep disquiet, and you have to look past the shallow piece to the deep disquiet. Or we have a shallow disquiet and a deep piece. And again, we're looking for that thing that is deep and we can ask and go within. A technique too that that, that I've um, uh, found quite helpful um, is uh, there's a uh, you know, sort of a picture of if, if you're lying on the bottom of the stream and watching boats go by over the top and just allowing those boats to take away all the worries that you have. I kind of think that would be pretty well if this kind of the waves is still around. <laughs> <laughs> that would be tough. So maybe lying on the bank of the river and watching the boats go by, it would be hard to have this crash and everything would go up. So lying on the bank of the river and watching the waves go up and all that time. To be able to find the way of tapping into the things that I've got. I know for me, I've often over the years I've slept very well on Saturday night and just my children somehow had a real spiritual or just anxiety around it. And I was able to lead into connecting this about getting that over the years. I just had this incredible relationship with a friend for a time which I just kind of repeat singing the words in front of me and just sort of know and walk through maybe the words and issues that you may even know I'm anxious at the moment and shame at the moment and make some way down and bring it to me. Here's a powerful go-to thing when I'm struggling and I'm finding a lack of peace in any way. So final story and then we'll wrap up along the way. Um, you know that Jesus, there's a story of Jesus coming so I just want to bring your attention back to that as we come towards the close. It's in Luke chapter 8, 22 to 25. And it goes like this. We don't need to kind of go anywhere along the way. But, but, but he, he's in this process of um, uh, the disciples and Jesus talking about when they head across to the other side of the lake. And um, a storm comes in and the boat fills 
Um, as I have learned a lot from the question, um, we want to get that even by studying the religious question or your you know, how many things and, and field books and things like that. But if we can know God through the mind case, and that will do you well as a Christian to be able to do it. So what is those one little moments in the dark? What does he know for the truth? For the peace of God and what we can know in the sense of God. But when we ask for, for the needs that we have, we have that really, you know, we ask for those that are, you know, kind of even in Internally or externally, are struggling somehow with something in the physical body. We're thankful that we have a God of healing. We're thankful that we have a God of creation. We're thankful that we have a God of recreation. And I pray that we will recreate even here while we, while we have Christmas fellowship. And that every other area that we haven't loved or hope we haven't loved as a prayer, that you would bring the touch and bring the change. We pray for that. Amen.